All right, biohackers, who doesn't love a yummy, creamy whey protein shake? Oh, it is such a treat. And I really love it as a meal replacement, post-workout recovery, maybe even a midday snack. So this is why I have to tell you about Puri Protein Powder. I absolutely love the bourbon vanilla flavor and the chocolate, but I think I got to go with the, the vanilla as my favorite. So it's smooth, it's delicious. And you know what else? It's pretty awesome that the flavors come from real natural ingredients like the bourbon vanilla seeds from Madagascar. And let's talk about quality because there's a lot of junk whey protein on the market that I would not recommend. So the Puree whey protein, it comes from pasture-raised cow's milk with no hormones, no GMOs, and no pesticides. This is because Puree's mission has always been to be the best at offering pure, clean, and superior products that, that support health and well-being. And what I think truly sets them apart is that they are fully transparent with their product testing. Every batch is third-party tested against more than 200 contaminants and certified clean by the Clean Label Projects. Not all brands can say this. Plus, each product contains a QR code so you can personally scan it and review the test results at home. I know you're excited to try it out. So what you're going to do is head on over to puri.com slash biohackerbabes. That's P-U-O-R-I.com slash biohackerbabes. And then make sure you use promo code biohackerbabes at checkout to save 20%. All right, let's get back to the show. We're digging deep and asking the questions we need to ask. Years of stress and not just emotional. I was depleting my body. I was malnourished. I'm working out like crazy. I'm eating all these healthy foods. How could I not be well? We have to get back to the basics. We can change the way our genes are expressed. Anyone that wants to improve their health or upgrade their health, they should be biohacking. My name is Renee. And I'm Lauren. We are the Biohacker Babes. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. The Biohacker Babes podcast aims to create insight into the body's natural healing abilities, strengthen your intuition, and empower you with techniques and modalities to optimize your health and wellness. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Welcome to episode 63 of the Biohacker Babes. I'm Renee and I'm here with my sister Lauren today. Hey. So it's just the two of us, a little bit of a catching up with the babes today. We thought it would be really fun to do kind of like a Q&A for each other. So we have both created a list of questions. The other person does not have any idea what we're going to (laughs) ask. So this could be kind of fun. Maybe, I don't know, Lauren, maybe I'll catch you off guard or um, I'm sure you'll have a brilliant answer for everything I ask you. But Um, Oh, likewise. (laughs) I'm a little scared. I'm a little scared, but it will be fun. Yeah. I kind of feel like I'm on a podcast today versus like hosting a podcast, but I know it'll be fun to go back and forth. And I am so excited to interview you. Yeah. So how do we want to kick this off? You want to go first? Well, so we have our list of questions for each other. And then I think at the end, we're going to field some questions we got from listeners as well, but I don't know. Let's perfect. Why don't we like rock, paper, scissors? All right, let's do it. No one can see our video, but we'll be honest. Oh, we're doing it. Okay, ready? (laughs) Yep, go. Rock, Rock, paper, paper, scissors. scissors. Shoot. Shoot. (laughs) I got you. Great. Scissors wins. All right. Scissors to my paper. Let's do it. Renee, you're up. Okay, question number one. What book are you reading right now? You mean what 10 books am I reading right now? (laughs) I have a terrible, terrible habit of opening a book, not finishing it and starting a new one because I get really excited. So, okay. (laughs) uh, The ones that are floating around on the top of all of my piles. So on the very top of my pile right now is Sacred Cow. 
from Rob Wolf and Diana Rogers. It's all about healthier meat, the argument for healthier meat and regenerative agriculture. Renee, you and I are both meat eaters. We believe in the nutritional benefits of meat, right? And I wanted to take a deeper dive on having more education and background to support my argument for that. And I I mean, I think personalized nutrition is a priority, but I do think that if you do not have any meat products in your diet, you are probably missing out on some nutritional benefits. So uh, it's more just to educate myself so I can speak more, what's the word? Speak from a more educated perspective. That, and I am embarrassed to say, I'm still working through Dr. Jolene Brighton's Beyond the Cycle book, Beyond the Pill. Yes. I've skimmed through the entire thing several times, but I'm trying to really comb through and go front to back. So those are the top of my, at the top of my piles. Those are some good ones. Yeah. Well, now I want to ask you the same. Oh, well, (laughs) Sacred Cow is the one I'm reading at the moment. Amazing. Um, I'm usually like you where I have like a ton of books all around, but for some reason right now, I just have Sacred Cow out and then Boundless from Ben Greenfield. But that's like a textbook. You know, I try to read like one chapter at a time, but I think I started it in February and I'm still working my way through it. So, but But Renee, as a Keon coach, a lot of that information you probably have already learned going through the Keon program, correct? Right, right. And maybe that's why I'm not rushing through it because it's it's a little bit more of a review, but it's a nice like kind of compact way to go through everything that I went through in the coaching program. Um, And I have to say Sacred Cow... I wasn't really sure if I wanted to read it because I was like, I already support this movement. I I wanted to support Rob Wolf and Diana Rogers. So like I wanted to pay for the book and support them, but I wasn't really sure how much I would learn in the book. I'm only three chapters in and I'm already blown away. Same. The information is incredible. And I think anyone looking for a new book, I would recommend it whether you're vegan or carnivore or don't know what you're doing with your diet. I think it's a great book. It really goes into that actual science and it's not biased. It's not like meat, meat, meat. It's like really talking about the sustainable um, side of things and why veganism maybe isn't optimal. But anyways. Yeah. I think they do a great job from a research perspective. I am sort of reading Boundless, but I haven't purchased a copy because I put myself, uh, because I sort of handcuffed myself from buying any more books right now until I can actually complete one. But the last time I was at mom and dad's house, I took photos of probably a hundred different pages from the book. So it's on my phone. I can like swipe through (gasps) my photos so I can, I can read and feel satisfied, but I haven't actually purchased a hard copy yet. Hilarious. Cause you know, the book is like a thousand pages. So yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm barely dipping my foot in the water, but I was like, it'll be a little appetizer for now. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. My turn. Okay. What? is your latest supplement obsession? Is there a product that you are just fascinated with or have found a lot of success with or just really interested in maybe just starting out with? Oh, your face right now. I wish I could take a photo. <laughs> That's a good question. The wonder and the surprise. Oh gosh. I feel like every week I'm trying a new supplement. To kind of answer your question, I think my newest interest is this product called Energy Renew from life extension. And it's a French oak, like wood extract, but it's oh, been, you were talking about this last week. Yeah. I sent you the study. Um, the uh, incredible research found that chronic fatigue syndrome patients had relief within four weeks of supplementing with this. And that included a very large population of people that had chronic fatigue from the Epstein-Barr virus. So that totally caught my attention. Um, I'm literally on my second day. So it's not like I can say I feel anything, but I'm really, really curious to see how that will work out. I'm doing one capsule a day for a month just to see how I feel. Um, Yeah. You've done so much work to try to get to the root cause of your EBV. And I know you're still experimenting and, and digging. So I hope that something like an herbal supplement will at least give you some support. Yeah. Always looking for that extra little boost. Cool. I think that's my answer because I think everything else I've been taking for a while. And I mean, I could just talk about supplements all day, but no, that's a good one. Yeah. (laughs) Great. Okay. Lauren, what has been the silver lining for you 
in 2020? Oh, see, this is the question I knew would come. I I just love asking people this because like, it's so easy to be doom and gloom about 2020, but I love looking at what good stuff has gone or happened this year. I've had a lot of silver linings. I think just on the surface, like my experience has been that I've been able to spend a lot of time with family which is incredible because I work too much generally doing a show, coaching, training, and my schedule, at least with Wicked, has never really allowed me to travel very much. I miss family events. I miss birthdays, weekends, and I've seen you all a lot this year. That's been yeah, really, really, really awesome. And I'm just so grateful for that. And I have I to say, on- even, even living in Vegas, I think I've seen you more this year than I ever saw you living in Maryland. Oh yeah. Yeah. Crazy. And I've spent more time at home in Maryland in mom and dad's house. I think than all of the years combined since I, I left the house at 18. It's, it's crazy. True. And then I think on a deeper level, another silver lining is just my relationship with taking a pause. I feel like that was kind of a trendy mantra at the beginning of all of this was like, take this time for yourself to reflect. And I don't know, it felt a little meta and I I saw some people getting annoyed by it, but I think that's sort of turned into something else for me. I've seen the world become more sensitive and more reactive and hostile. And it's not just about the inner reflection. I think it's about taking a pause before you react to anything, your own thoughts, someone else's thoughts, opinions. And that can be really small. It can be really big, but I think it's super personal. And I think I've really worked on my relationship with my own pause in in many uh, aspects of my life. And that's been really awesome. Yeah, that's great. You're right. I think in the beginning, there were like these two camps of people that were like, take the time to de-stress and relax. And then the other side was like, if you don't learn a new language by the end of this quarantine, you are wasting your life. You know, it's like, right, there was right. definitely a battle, but it's or different the people for that, everyone. Yeah. Or the people that were really enjoying the pause and other people would be like, well, you are ungrateful. Like some of us don't have jobs. Like it just, it almost created more hostility. Right. Right. Yeah. The whole like employment camp. It was like, you can't complain that you're busy with work because there are people that are out of work and vice versa. But right. What I just year. think every, everyone needs to take a little bit of a pause. Everyone has their own. Everyone's going through something different. And I feel very grateful that 2020 has been mostly a positive year. And at times I've felt bad for thinking that or saying that out loud. I just think that we can choose our own reality. And if we get sucked into this tornado that is 2020, of course, we can have a very negative perception and then create a negative reality for ourselves. So I think using that pause to just, one, find the silver linings, two, take a step back and and know that not everything that we're seeing and experiencing on the news or around us is real. True. I didn't mean to go too deep, but... um, No, I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Answer. All right, my turn. <laughs> Renee, what's your favorite meal you've eaten this week and why? Don't think I too actually, hard. Yeah, no, I actually created kind of a new meal this week. I somehow have never made this before, yet it's so simple and it was delicious. So I kind of feel like I've, I've been eating a lot of red meat lately. So I was like, all right, let me let me get some ground turkey from Whole Foods. like. I don't really buy turkey that often, but I got that. I got um, butternut squash and zucchini. Well, I got butternut squash noodles and I got zucchini and made noodles. So I sauteed the noodles in a big saute pan with avocado oil, cooked the ground turkey, put some Italian seasonings in there, avocado, and then hot sauce. Oh, hell yeah. It was so Wait, did good. you spiralize the noodles yourself or you bought them pre The zucchini, the zucchini I did cuz I have I have like one of those like big countertop spiralizers. But I bought the butternut squash already spiralized cuz I'm not really sure. 
I guess I feel like I would break my spiralizer with the butternut squash because it's so hard. Yeah. Gotcha. I would have done the same. And that sounds amazing. Hot yeah. sauce. Oof. Yeah. With the avocado and it's just like creamy and spicy and have some seasonings in there. I don't know. I would totally make that again. And it was so what kind easy. of hot sauce. So we actually got this new hot sauce from a local restaurant. So one of our favorite chefs in town at Sparrow and Wolf, you know, that restaurant, mm-hmm. um, we got their like homemade hot sauce. It's yummy. Love it. Yeah. All right. Lauren, what has been your favorite either wearable data collector or a lab test this year? Hmm. How could I possibly pick? I, I'm still obsessed with the aura ring. Yeah. Nothing okay. is as useful as the aura ring. I've done a lot of really interesting lab tests. And actually, I got two different lab results back this week, which were a little uh, not that exciting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what were they? So I got one of my antibody tests back from Aura Ring from the TemPredict study because I'm participating in the study. They've been sending me free antibody tests. And I got my results back. I have negative antibodies. And, oh, which I still I, haven't gotten my results. I'm not really sure what the schedule is okay. for them to send them out but because uh, I never got results from my first test. This is my second one. Okay. And I wasn't really surprised but I, I guess I was hoping for something else. And, you know, it's like a yes or a no. And it was a no. And I was like, oh, okay. 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 <laughs> but at least now we know maybe the antibodies aren't as important as we initially thought, right? Right. Which is the, the T cell immune function. Exactly. Which I think also added to the dullness of the results. I was like, what does this even mean really now? There's so much more that we have to learn. And the other test I got back this week was glycan age, which is it's essentially a biological age test. So I have my actual age, 36, but this is testing your immuno, uh, immunoglobulin glycans, which is one of your building blocks, like alongside proteins, amino acids, and it will give you what your biological age is. So I was disappointed because it said I was 35 and I'm 36. So I was like, okay, same, same. <laughs> same, same. Not much of a hey, surprise there. I was better than the other not- direction. Absolutely. I think at first I was bummed. I was like, I wanted it to say I was 25 on the inside. Yeah. And I think you made me feel a little bit better about it. You're like, well, I could have said you were in your forties. So (laughs) I guess I'm right on track. So I'm going to pat myself on the back. I'm right on track. (laughs) Yeah. Because I bet most Americans are aging much faster. Like they're yeah. biological age is probably much older than their chronological age. So even if you're right at the same age, I would take that as good news. All right. Okay. I'll take it. I'll leave it at that. Yes. Yeah. And then, I don't know, to answer your question, I'm still just, ordering is my jam. I am still learning so much from that and I'm still cross-referencing with my Whoop band, but I think Aura still is my number one love. Shout yeah. out to Aura. Shout <laughs> out to Aura. Okay. Renee, what is something in the health sphere, biohacking, nutrition, could be anything that you're really curious about right now. Maybe you don't have all the answers about it. You're fascinated by it and you want to learn more. Okay. I think something that I've kind of always come back to that I'm curious about over the years, and just right now, I feel like I've been hearing about it a lot. So I'm like doing some more research not to freak people out, but parasites. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I've heard statistics that, you know, 70 to 80% of Americans have parasites. Mm -hmm. And when you think about parasites being in your intestines and they're eating your food and your nutrients and they're building these biofilms to protect themselves. They're actually very hard to kill off. I don't know. It's just like this kind of crazy thing that we could have these parasites living in us and they're causing all these like really major health issues. And I think just the fact that that many Americans might have a parasite and have no idea because a lot of people I think think that to get a parasite, oh, I had to travel abroad or I had to eat raw sushi. But like really you can get a parasite from tap water, 
just mm-hmm. eating in a restaurant, someone not washing their hands. Like it's very easy to pick it up. So I don't know. I know right. it's kind it of can a, create a host of health problems that maybe wouldn't naturally attribute to that. Or if you didn't think to ask deeper questions, maybe you wouldn't find it. People really, really suffer from parasites. Yeah. And anytime I've heard a story about someone that discovered they had a parasite and they finally were able to get rid of it, it was life-changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it was like they struggled with, you know, brain fog or fatigue or digestive issues for years and years. And they tried all these things and it turned out the parasite was at the root of it. So if anyone has any good resources, any like go-to podcasts or books on p- parasites, send them my way. Yeah. Uh, I have a parasite test. It's one of my lab panels that I run test for parasites. Um, I do have plenty of resources. I have to dig them up because I don't use them very often. But So question about the analysis, because I, I also run the GI map test, which tests for a couple of parasites. But I know there's a big debate that parasites have these life cycles where it's very easy to miss them. So like I know some people recommend you do a stool analysis like three days in a row to try and catch them versus the GI map is a one-time stool analysis and you could very well just miss the parasite. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think stool analysis is not the most accurate. I would say a blood panel would be a little bit stronger in that category. Okay. Or if you have the means to do both, do both. Yeah. Interesting. If not, I would definitely start with the blood, the blood lab. Yeah. So there's my. All right. Let's pin that. that. Let's pin that. I want to learn more as well. Okay. All right. My question is kind of similar for you. What is the most mind-blowing information or fact you have learned this year? I don't know. (laughs) I know. That's a hard one. (laughs) Okay. I'll give you an easy one. Yeah. Why do you, why do you, (laughs) why do you rub ice cubes on your face? Oh, ice face. (laughs) Ice face. (laughs) I rub ice cubes on my face because it's another form of cold dermogenesis. You know, I'm obsessed with my cold showers and it's just an easier way to get cold exposure on my skin first thing in the morning. And I've been trying to do the cold plunge where you stick your face in a bowl full of ice cubes and cold water. But I have like an overwhelming stress response to that. And Renee, if I have this response, I know there's no way you could do it. I'm immediately thinking, how are you breathing? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like, I don't, neither of us are fans of putting our faces in water and Renee, I think Renee, especially so, but I, try, I'm, I want to get to a place where I can handle that because that would mean my stress resilience is a little bit stronger, but right now it's too overwhelming for me. So the ice ball is just an easier version of that. Um, there's some research showing that it is really great for inflammation. It, it clears up your skin. It gives you a little glow, but for me, it just kind of wakes me up in the morning. Feels good. Cool. Yeah. I would say it's similar to like a jade roller that you put in the freezer and roll on your face. You're getting some pressure in the cold therapy. All right. I might have to try that. Maybe I can steal one of Ryan's cocktail ice balls. and Oh yeah. You just grab it out of the freezer. I was like, these are sitting in here and I rarely use them. So I'm going to repurpose. (laughs) Oh, that's all you need is cocktail ice cube. Yeah. (laughs) Love it. So easy. All right. All right, Renee, what is something that you have failed at or think that you failed at this week? And that can mean whatever you want it to. And what did you learn from it or, or what did you take away from that experience? So yesterday I did my Dutch test, which if anyone's not familiar with the Dutch test, that's the hormone test that Lauren and I run. It is uh, looking at saliva cortisol levels and hormone metabolites in your urine. It is a full day of testing. And I do like to do this every like one to two years just to check on everything. But you know what I hate about the test is you can't have caffeine the whole day. (laughs) And I will admit I'm I'm an addict. (laughs) Hi, my name is Renee and I'm addicted to caffeine. Um, (laughs) I don't, I don't feel like I drink that much, but 
just having a whole morning where you can't have anything. You don't want to be told that you can't have it. Right. Right. Listen, I'm the same. (laughs) I'm the same. I had the same response when I, every time I've done my cortisol test, I know mom had the same. She's like, how am I going to possibly make it through the day? She's like, don't talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. Of all the things we do to like increase our survival and resilience, it's like take one cup of coffee away and we panic. Yeah. So I would say, (laughs) so I guess I didn't really fail because I did survive the day. I did it, but I would say my failure, and I'm not really sure why is I slept horribly last night. Hmm. Like, I may, I mean, totally could be a coincidence. It's just funny that like, I'm usually such a deep sleeper, right? I hit the pillow. I'm out for nine hours. Mm-hmm. Last night I was up at like one and two and three, which never happens for me. And I'm like, that's funny. I didn't have caffeine today and I'm sleeping <laughs> like crap. <laughs> like, Never remove again. Yes. I'm like, thank you for proving me right. <laughs> yeah. Do not disrupt the system. Yeah. So I don't know if that counts as a failure, but it was a good yeah, experiment. In reflection, were there any other factors that were different about your day that maybe could potentially have disrupted your sleep? Did you play detective? No, I'll have to keep thinking about that. I did have a really bad headache, which is no surprise. Hmm. I also have been sleeping. Oh, well, it's funny you say that. You know, the other thing about the test is you can only drink 40 ounces of water, which is actually very difficult for me. Interesting. I probably had that piece. I probably had 50 to 60 because I was just thirsty. So you're right. I mean, I still could have been dehydrated. Yeah. I don't remember ever having that issue on those testing days. Yeah. Because they don't want you to uh, dilute the urine. Right. Makes sense, but <laughs> I think I was so focused on the no caffeine I didn't even really think about having less water. Oh funny. Hmm. So I Well you of, survived. You didn't did. fail. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I kind of want to ask the same question back to you. Oh, failure? Yeah. <sighs> hmm. So I guess this was a failure in my mind. (laughs) It kind of sounds silly even saying it out loud now, but I was filming for Mix on Wednesday. So the night before, I'm always like really diligent about my day to make sure that I can be recovered for the next day of filming, get the best night of sleep. And so the whole day, I was like, from the moment I woke up on Tuesday, I was like, I'm going to set myself up for an amazing day tomorrow. You know, it's like you check off all the right things. And in my mind, if I check off all the right things, I'm going to produce the optimal result, right? I know exactly what's going to happen. So I did like just enough movement to trigger some recovery, but not to be too tired or, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to do too little movement. I ate dinner very early. I put my blue blocker glasses on very early. (laughs) You know, I I did all the right things. And the next morning, my HRV was so low. And I was like, oh, man. Yeah, like, what the heck? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I failed. What do you think it was? uh, I don't know. I, I think it's funny. You talked about hydration. I think I probably was dehydrated from the weekend. In reflection, I don't think I got enough water over the weekend. And I think that just trickled for a few days after that. But (laughs) I don't know. I was like, oh, Lauren, it's okay. You didn't fail. (laughs) It's going to be okay. I had to like take a breath. And I was like, this is not a failure. But I always try to catch myself when I have that experience or that reaction. I'm like, okay, this is an opportunity for me to learn. And so I did. I spent the next like hour or two sort of trying to analyze. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm probably dehydrated and yeah, I'll bounce back. It's okay. Yeah. And what would your HRV have been if you didn't do all those things? Very true. I love this. There you go. Little angel on my shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's That's it. So I was just like me having my own little pep talk. (laughs) I coached myself back to positivity. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. That's good. Little HRV angel. Exactly. <laughs> Your turn. All right. Yeah, can I, I'm going to ask you one of my planned questions. Okay. Best and worst documentary you've seen this year. Can be health-related or not. That's up to you. 
Oh, I think that's an easy one. I think we will agree. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, the documentary we just watched, Kiss the Ground, which is about carbon sequestration, like keeping carbon in in the soil to balance out basically what's happening to our planet. Like too much carbon is going into the environment and it's, it's killing our earth. That that was really powerful. And I think it gave me some ideas and, and some agency to participate in that effort where in the past, I guess I was like, well, it's up to the farmers and it is up to me to, to buy healthy meat and to support lo- local farmers. But I had a few other revelations about how I could support that movement. So that was cool. Yeah. And how cool was the San Francisco compost program? Yeah. Yeah. I was blown away by that. Yeah. Yeah. The governor has done an incredible job and it's, it's kind of scary to think that there are states in this country that don't even recycle. So that's insane. Yeah. 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 So that encouraged me to look up my nearest compost location in New York. And a lot of them have been shut down. They have, their funding has been taken away because of COVID. So a lot of them are still closed, but they're starting to reopen. So I'm going to try to participate in that again. I used to do composting all the time and just, I don't know, got away from it. So that was a good reminder. Second one, (laughs) what was that Netflix docuseries that has just put us on edge? I can't even remember the name of it. Unwell? Unwell. Mm -mm. I didn't know if you would say that or uh, Game Changers. (laughs) Well, both. Both. But yeah. Yeah, I have to say that Kiss the Ground really revitalized my, my love for Netflix. I was a little mad at Netflix for a little while, putting out these documentaries, which I felt were a little biased and maybe painting this health movement in a not so clear light (laughs) and unwell really attributed to that. I know you have some feelings on it as well. Yeah, it was bad. (laughs) It just was unclear. The direction, the entire production of the docuseries was unclear. I don't yeah, know what their motivation was. And that just annoys me from an artist's perspective because I'm a storyteller. I was like, what is this story you're telling? Yeah. I don't understand. Like the first episode about essential oils, the episode ended and I was like, are you bashing essential oils? Are you supporting them? Or are you just bashing multi-level marketing? It yeah, was it was unclear. That I think the title of the docuseries shouldn't have been unwell. It should have been unclear because it was just like a mess of information. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So if any of you have watched Unwell, I want to hear your thoughts. I'm really curious. I got into it with one of my clients. She was equally as enraged by it. And I was happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah. That we weren't the only ones. It was really like they were trying to bash cer- certain health things, but in the meanwhile, they were bashing something different. Like... The guy that did the 30-day fast and then died, which is awful, but like really was it the fasting or was it that he wasn't taken care of properly and they let him leave when he should have been supervised? You know, like Yeah. It was a very reactive perspective. It's like they took yeah. one person's opinion that got affected by so many other factors and it just sort of spiraled into a either a dark place or an an unproductive place. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. If you haven't watched Unwell, watch it. Let us know what you think. Yes. (laughs) It was entertaining. It was entertaining. And then watch Kiss the Ground. It's so good. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. I love it. Is it my turn? It is your turn. All right. Renee, what is a piece of advice that you used to swear by, live by, or share with clients that you no longer believe. You got a lot of brain busters for me today. Well, you got me too. So <laughs> right back at you. Hmm. I don't know that this is my best answer, but it was the first thing that came to mind. That's what I want. Okay. It was to eat fermented vegetables and drink kombucha. Oh, you used to give that advice. I used to give that advice to everyone. Across the board. Across mm-hmm. the board. Well, and I can really say that to every piece of advice. I have also learned that I can't give the same piece of advice to everyone because everyone is different. Exactly. But with the fermented vegetables, like these probiotic rich foods, I've really learned that so many people have severe gut issues, especially like SIBO, 
right? Small intestinal bacterial overgrowth where those fermented foods actually cause more problems. And of course, as a practitioner, that's the last thing I want to do is be like, oh, eat this healthy food and it's going to make you worse. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, the whole fermented food world, I think it's kind of settling down, right? There was like a spike for a while where everyone was eating like kimchi and sauerkraut and drinking kombucha. So fortunately, I think that's subsided a little bit. But again, it all comes back to everyone is different. And you really, like, I don't want to make a recommendation for someone until I really know the ins and outs. Yeah. Which I was on that bandwagon. I was eating all of the kimchi, sauerkraut, drinking all the kombucha. And then I've had several gut tests tell me that those are all harmful to me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So who knew that I was doing harm? I was just following what was quote unquote healthy. Right. And I have to tag on to that is especially if if there's any friends and family listening, I have learned, I can't just give people advice throughout then asking me one nutrition question. Like, oh, it's impossible. It's impossible. And I have kind of just like buried myself in a grave, I think by trying to just answer people's questions and help them. But really in the long run, it's not helping those people. You have to really get to know your clients and know the whole picture, do a really thorough in-depth you know, history, maybe run lab tests, really look at everything before you can make recommendations. I don't I know. I'm kind of ranting about that, but... No, I couldn't agree more. I was thinking about that yesterday because I was actually given an assignment for work to create a nutrition video. I'm supposed to create or cook something, make something in the kitchen and talk about its nutritional benefits. And my first thought was, how can I possibly cook or create something that will be helpful for everyone. It's impossible. It was like I was stumped (laughs) and I haven't figured it out yet. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to approach that task because I have to do it. (laughs) Yeah. We can brainstorm Um, off the air. I just, yeah, I would love your help because you, you know, something that's helpful, healthful for me could be poison to you. So Ooh, yeah. to be continued. Yeah. Let's figure that out. Okay. Yeah. We'll think about that. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think they didn't want the answer that it could be different for everyone. You know, like I just have to figure it out. Right. <laughs> my task right, right, is right. to make it work. <laughs> right. Right. That was like my recent lecture. They were like, can you come and talk about nutrition? I was like, uh, what about uh, it? <laughs> yeah. I know. I was like kind of stumped because it's just obviously a very complex topic, but it's, I mean, it's a galaxy of information. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right. I think it's my turn to ask you, Lauren, if you had $1 million to biohack your living situation, that could be moving out of the city completely (laughs) or just biohacking your New York city apartment to make it optimized. What would you do? How much would it cost (laughs) (laughs) to build my own mountain (laughs) or forest inside the city. (laughs) No, Uh, I I would move. (laughs) Good luck with that. No, I would. I know. I think I would move out of, out of the city. You know, I've been struggling with that recently. Obviously urban life comes with a lot of health challenges from environmental toxins, poor air quality, you know, a disconnection from nature. It's really hard. And I'm doing my best to get into nature as much as much sunshine as possible. But I would say I would move and I would choose a living environment that I didn't have to biohack. Is that an answer? Yeah. I can give you two answers. My first answer is move somewhere that is in nature. So I don't have to biohack. I naturally am just connected to the earth and have the things I need. Perfect. If I had to stay here and I had a million dollars one, I would probably do all of the EMF protection necessary, like rewire everything, I guess, pad the walls, whatever is necessary to get rid of any dirty pollution, right? From yeah. EMFs, radiation. And then I would, I think the second thing would be to change the water quality. So I would put the most expensive, the highest quality filters on every water source in my apartment. And then I guess I would see how much money I've left over because the list could go on and on, but I think that's... I don't think you're at a million, but those are really good answers. 
Well, to hire someone to come in to test your apartment. Right, right. That's not cheap. And then to install everything and all the materials. Yeah, I know we're not at a million dollars, but. (laughs) But getting up there. Okay. Yeah. That's a good answer. I want to know the same for you. A million dollars is a lot of money. I know. I just picked a number. (laughs) (laughs) I thought about lowering it to like 100K, but. I'm going to be dreaming all day long about all the things I could do. (laughs) Um, oh, and I never really thought about it myself. Um, I love where I live so much, but honestly, if I could just have real grounding in my backyard, yeah. Um, you know, like I have artificial turf, so that doesn't really count. Mm -hmm. So if I had a real way to ground or something that's not a million dollars, I should look into is, um, I used to have a grounding mat and I lost it somewhere (laughs) over the years. So maybe I just need to buy a grounding mat and put that in my backyard. Yeah. I love those ideas. You're surrounded by mountains though. You go up onto your rooftop and you have mountains 360. Yeah. I mean, I'm, it's easy to get to nature, which I love. It's easy to get sunshine. I literally just walk up my stairs. So like, I think I've done a pretty good job. I, I have a reverse osmosis water filter. Like I've invested in a a good amount here. Yeah. Also, your walls are not connected to anyone else's. Obviously, you have your own home, unlike an apartment that I'm in. Right, right. So you kind of can control your exposure to a certain extent. It's at least an upgrade from being in an apartment where I'm sharing Wi-Fi connections just through the wall. Right, right. Yeah, I remember that in the apartment, you like open the Wi-Fi and it's like, which of these 50 Wi-Fis would you like to connect to? You're like, oh mm-hmm. my gosh. Yeah, you yeah, just like, think about all the radiation coming at you. Yeah. And even in the apartment, you're like, okay, I can fix my apartment, but is it really doing much? I don't know. But yeah, in my house, so we actually put, I'm able to hardwire to the internet in every room in our house. So. That's amazing. I, I don't think I need that. the million dollars. I'll give some back to you. <laughs> Amazing. And then we can yeah. build a biohacking retreat on the top of a mountain somewhere. <laughs> yes. Yeah. One day. I love it. <laughs> I don't have any more questions for you. Do you have any more for me? Okay. I'm going to throw one more at you. Go for it. If you could only take one supplement, what would it be? Today or for the rest of my life? For the rest of your life. Oh man. I don't know why this would happen to you, but <laughs> yeah, if why it would did. this happen to me? For if you're on a deserted island, life. a deserted island where you could not get boxes shipped to you, but you could bring one supplement. Okay, I have an answer. <laughs> my my brain just ran through like 50 different supplements. And okay, the dial has just stopped on <laughs> I would say omegas, omega threes. One, because I have a high nutritional need for it because of my genetic SNPs, but I also uh, just from reading lab works know that I have a deficiency in it. And on top of that, I don't really enjoy eating fish. So because my brain ran through all the other things, it's like, well, I take this because right now I'm working on this, or I take this because I can't get this from my food, but ideally I would get everything from my food, which I'm always working towards getting higher quality food from good soil. But I think the omega-3 is going to be important for a long time for me. Yeah, that's great. What about you? Well, now I want to steal your answer. (laughs) You can. We can be same. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think omega-3s, because right, similar to you genetically, I need more omega-3s. And I mean, you can tie omega-3s to so many different aspects of your health. But off the top of my head, I would actually think more HCL, like betaine hydrochloride to help with stomach acid. Because my thought always goes back to digestion. Like if you can optimize digestion, everything else will fall into place to some extent. And we know that stomach acid decreases as we age. You can't really prevent that. Right. You need definitely need more of it the older you get. Yeah. But I don't know. It's like our ancestors didn't have bottles of HCL around and they did just fine. <laughs> yeah. Curious about that. Yeah. You know, I love to believe that 
when I do have a glass of wine with dinner, I'm like, it's doing the same thing, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's not a supplement. So you, you yeah. can still have it. <laughs> yeah. No, I do think it's, it's highly important. I support the answer for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was fun. I learned, yeah. I actually learned a lot about you, even though you're my sister I and I talk to you every nice day. Nice to meet you, Renee Bells. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great interview. You have the job. Congratulations. <laughs> Let's do it again. Okay. Yeah. I have a few other questions from our audience. Do we have time to field a few of these? Sure. We have a few minutes. I'll okay. do one. You do one. Okay. I'm really, well, I want to ask this one because I'm curious about what your answer was. So I already, <laughs> I answered this question directly. So, sorry. The question is with fasting and its relation to blood sugar, if you have a poor night of sleep, should you push through a day of fasting if you're trying to get optimal blood sugar or blood glucose response? What would you say? And then I'll tell you what I said. Does that question make sense? It does. It, uh, of course, I would like love more information. Like why, why was sleep not optimized? Is this like an ongoing thing or was it just like a one night, one night of bad sleep? So it's ongoing. I'll just give you some backstory. Oh, She's okay. a mom. She has kids. This is ongoing. She doesn't sleep well through the night. Hashtag mom life. Oof. Hashtag so rough. I couldn't do it. You could if you wanted to. <laughs> I would lean towards not fasting. Again, you know, I'm always a big proponent of saying that fasting is a stressor. And I think being a mom is stressful, not sleeping is stressful. Do we really want to be adding another stressor to the body? I know, I know fasting is amazing. I think if we could all just fast, it would be great. But I, I don't know that in 2020, all of us, especially someone like this mom that you're explaining could handle that. Yeah. Especially with, you know, adrenal glands, you know, I think of the adrenals as like your, your stress glands, right? And so they can only tolerate so much and a bad night of sleep, your adrenals are not going to be happy. And then if you fast, they're really not going to be happy. So I just feel like that would be too much. Maybe I'm coming from a biased perspective of always wanting to protect my precious adrenal glands. You know, maybe not everyone needs to worry about that, but what are your thoughts? I actually, my answer was that I think you should still try to fast, but I think that's so personal. Maybe it's not a 24 hour fast, but I just know from my experimentation with my blood sugar and fasting, my blood sugar is so stable when I fast. And if I have a bad night of sleep, my blood sugar can't really recover for another 24 hours. It's like, I have to go to, I haven't figured this out yet. Obviously I'm still experimenting and I'm sure there are other answers in there that I'm not aware of right now, but I have not figured out how to stabilize my blood sugar that waking in those waking hours. It's like, I have to go to sleep and start over the next day. So for me, if I have a bad night of sleep and I eat something, even if it's something that traditionally wouldn't really spike me too high or set me on a roller coaster, it's like, I, I cannot stabilize. So for me, fasting has been helpful, but there is an end point to that. Like I've, I think I've discovered the sweet spot where I need to stop because I do start feeling the stress on my body, but I think I'm just really sensitive and attuned to that. So I don't know. I think the answer is it's really personal. And I do think you need to protect your adrenal glands and your entire HPA axis. I think I agree. Like adding any more stress is not beneficial, but I think from a blood sugar perspective, a little bit could be helpful. Yeah. It's a really interesting topic. Yeah. I think there's, we can divert in so many different directions. So yeah. I'll just come back to it's personal and you have to carefully and gently experiment out of one. And I would say get a CGM if you can. I just think that would probably be the number one way to hack that. Yeah. That comes back to like it. one of our main mantras, like test, don't guess. You learn so much yeah. information from from quantitative data. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Thanks for your insight. Yeah. I always love talking about that stuff with you. Okay. So another question we got, I guess it could be asked for either of us. So 
obviously we've grown up together. We've known each other a really long time. What is one thing that surprises me about a biohacking perspective that you have or something that you do for biohacking and vice versa? Any surprises? Do you have an answer? This is kind of a funny question because I think even like our differing biohacks, like nothing really surprises me because I obviously (laughs) I've known you for 30 something years. How old am I now? What's my biological age? No. Um, (laughs) I would say the same, like no surprises. Yeah. Like I think some people look at you, Lauren, they're like, oh my gosh, she's so active. Like how does she work out all the time and stuff? And, and I'm like, I don't. I, well, in my mind, yeah, you don't really like work out. You're just, you move a lot, but Mm -hmm. like I always say, like you've been doing that since the day you were born. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't really shock me versus maybe it would shock other people. And then I think also, I'm a little surprised that you're such a light sleeper with all the sleep biohacks you do. But I think that just maybe goes back to genetics or your sleep chronotype. That's just the way you are. Yeah. I mean, dad, dad is that way too. And right. He's tried everything, everything. Right. (gasps) Yeah. So there's my half answer. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I, I, there's not really much that surprises me. I guess for a period of time, I was surprised that you were so attached to coffee, but (laughs) that just runs in the family apparently. Yeah. Well, I can kind of see that because actually I remember in high school, you and, um, I don't know when you started drinking coffee, maybe you were in high school, but you college. and mom, oh, college. So maybe you were coming home from college, but you and mom loved coffee. You loved the yeah, taste. Yeah. You never drank it with us. No. Cause I was on dad's side where I was like, ew, coffee's gross. Like who drinks that tastes like mud water. And like, I never really understood why you guys drank it. And I kind of had this like secret pact with dad, like, yeah, we're the non-coffee drinkers. I'm never going to drink it. And then I got to college and discovered it like junior year in college and fell in love. But yeah, I was kind yeah, of I think late. I'm still remembering that. Actually, just like an overall surprise, I've just noticed in the last year that we are incredibly similar where I feel like in high school, college, right after that, we had a lot of differences and we really have come back together to like the same activities, the same foods. We have like similar perspectives. We, we really are pretty similar. And I think that was a little bit shocking at first to, to realize that we kind of went out on our own paths and have really come back together. Yeah. Also really cool. Yeah. Same, same. Yeah. <laughs> same, 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 same. We can't that stop saying never, that. It'll never get old. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Oh, okay. This was so much fun. So uh, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks for listening to our catching up with the babes, our little fireside chat. We wanted to give you a little break from all of our guest interviews, which I know are chock full of information. Uh, so we hope you enjoyed this casual dialogue. And if you have any questions about anything we talked about today, let us know. And if you have further questions you want us to address on the show, we are always, always willing to do that. Absolutely. Thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Love this episode of the Biohacker Babes podcast? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. Until then, happy biohacking. Happy biohacking.